Welcome to the President and CEO Focus on the Middle Market podcast series, where President and CEO founder Paul Stuckel discusses middle market issues with business leaders from across the nation. Today, Paul speaks with Ken Esch, partner and trendsetter barometer leader at professional services firm PwC, about the firm's most recent survey of U.S. private company executives. So, an interesting, uh, interesting report again. Um, yeah. You know, it's just the. I mean, I guess starting at the sort of the top line, you know, the top headline is. I don't know how you felt about it, but when in reading the the responses and, and the numbers, there just seemed to be kind of a meh. <laughs> um, that's a technical economic term, I believe. Um, but you know, I mean, the optimism levels seem to be you know, pretty flat. You know, maybe maybe yeah. sinking a little bit, but. But just sort of, yeah, you know. Yeah, they kind of stabilized of, you know, after a pretty big fall. Um, yeah, you know, over yeah. Uh, over a year ago, and you know, I think that uh, there's there's so many negative stories, you know, going on, you know, out there, um, mostly globally, uh, that have a tendency to affect, you know, optimism here in the in the U.S. as well, just because the the, the economies are so interconnected. It is hard to find, you know, a company that just doesn't have some exposure to the international markets. So I think that they feel, you know, the uh, the uncertainty going on in uh, in Europe, you know, somewhat in China with uh, things slowing down there, and um, they've dialed back expectations, no no doubt about it. And I think the good news, you know, within the report is that uh, so many companies still expect to grow, and so few of them expect. Um, to uh, you know, see revenue fall. So you know, I think that there there is you know uh, concern about the economy, but uh, they do still feel like they're going to be growing you know over the next 12 months, which is important. Yeah. Uh, just probably not at the rate that they'd like to grow. Yeah. No. Fair enough. I mean, and, and do, do you attribute that, or do, do the responses attribute that? I mean, you had sort of mentioned the the global uncertainty, obviously uh, Brexit, mm-hmm. and and you know, and even. Europe's just general lack of growth. Um, you know, you read the you read the the headline numbers from from the EU and 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 now the UK. You know, uh, specifically, and the UK is is sort of gloating about a 0.6 percent growth rate. You know, which in, in the US would be sort of you know the the, the pitchforks would be out and <laughs> yeah, yeah. and the the sack and ashcloth crowd would be ready to go. I mean, it's it's it, it and obviously China is still seems to be in the muck. Is, is it largely that part, or is there anything sort of domestically that jumped out um, in terms of this, anecdotally or otherwise? Well, you know, I think uh, on the domestic front, um, probably two things that uh, contribute to it. Um, uh, one is the uh, the election cycle that we're in. Yeah. And uh, I, I think that, um, you know, many of the voters are kind of struggling you know, with the uh, with the with the choices and candidates that uh, that are you left, don't say. And, and, <laughs> yeah, and the uh, proposals that, that that they're putting forth, and and just not having you know um, a good feeling or much certainty about a who's going to win, and and b whoever wins, what kind of uh, proposals you know might make its way into legislation and and be passed. So, um, you know, I think that there's some uncertainty caused by the election, and, and that's not uncommon. You know, as you know, uh, our, our, our history goes back 20 years, you know, on these, uh, on these reports. And, um, and we've seen this in past election cycles, you know, where we've seen, you know, some drop in optimism, 
you know, leading up you know to an election. This one's no different uh, than uh, than than others out there. So I think that that you know is a contributing factor. And then the other is that um, while uh, you know the stock market you know seems to be going up, um, I think the, the a lot of people you know out there are still you know laboring under. Um, you know, tough conditions without much in the way of uh, increased wages and not much in the way of new job prospects. Um, you know, so they they feel like while they may not have a, uh, a risk of losing their job, you know, in the, in the near term, uh, that they really don't see, you know, much in the way of increases in their wages or maybe their buying power. And therefore, um, they're not as, uh, as willing to, uh, to spend to kind of prop up the economy. Yeah, you know, it's it's that's an interesting point because the headlines were, you know, almost joyous over the the jobs report on on Friday. And I guess, you know, it's good that we're producing over 200,000, you know, a quarter. Mm-hmm. That's that's good. Um yep. it's not great, but it's, you know, it's good. Um and yeah. and it, people are talking about full employment and, you know, wages are beginning to tick up a little bit, average wages. But there does seem to be that you know, there, there's something missing, I, and I don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, it's it's yeah. there, there's yeah. good news, but it's we're not really seeing much impact. I mean, from the middle market yeah. perspective, when I saw that that, you know, the the planned wage increases are pretty much the same, um, and and there doesn't look like to be a real appetite for increasing headcount. So, I, I, no. you know, it's hard to sort of square all those circles. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I think. Um... You know, with the jobs reports, so, yeah, it's it's great that we had a couple months, you know, worth of uh, you know jobs, you know, increase above two hundred thousand. That, that's yeah. a positive, you know, a positive note. But um, you know, if you look at the averages, you know, over you know a, a longer period of time, you know, we're still creating fewer jobs, you know, this year than we did last year. Um, yeah. And and you know, with the population growth. Uh, you need to create more than 200,000 jobs a month right. just to kind of keep up with the uh, with the increases in the population. And yeah. as we've talked before, the uh, the unemployment rate, you know, is uh, is a metric that many people you know look at. But uh, I'm not sure how relevant it is in today's you know economy because post recession we've got so many people sitting on the bench. And yep. if you look at like labor participation rate, you know those are closer to historical lows, uh, you yep. know, in the in the low 60 you know percentiles, and uh, that that means that there are a lot of people uh, who are either available to work but can't find it, or perhaps maybe working uh, but not working as many hours as they would like, uh, yep. or in the type of job that that they would that what they would like to have. So I, I don't gain a lot of comfort. You know, from looking at uh, you know a, a unemployment rate below five percent, you know when our labor participation rate is so low. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it's a pretty crude measure when you get right down to it. The unemployment yeah, rate, yeah. in particular, right. is a pretty crude me- measure. Yeah. Our report here that uh, that fewer companies are expecting to hire over the next yeah. twelve months, yeah. um, and that the uh, that the headcount increases are stubbornly lower than two percent a year. You know, which has been consistent, you know, for most of the post-recessionary period, and yeah. um, and then wage increases are below three percent. That just, you know, doesn't paint a really, you know, 
pretty picture, you know, with respect to hiring over the next 12 months or, or the impact the economy might get from uh, more people working or more people working at higher wages? I don't know, and this isn't really part of the report, but I, I actually I'd be interested to hear your 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 insight on it, and given your your contacts with your clients, um, you know, I I still contend that this sort of um, I don't know temporary insanity about establishing a, a national minimum wage, which you know, and the combination of that and which I, I recognize doesn't really hit like manufacturers and things like that, but it, but it does hit a lot of union. You know, there are a lot of union wages are tied to those kind of things, um, yeah. which which can which can increase things. The combination of that and the advent of robotics, you know, would, which has been with us for a while, but it's becoming, I mean, much more aggressive and much more cost effective. I mean, as as wages, you know, at very at least in the low end, go up. I don't see a lot of brightness there. I guess, no, I'll give you two quick, you know, examples of uh, of how that minimum wage, you know, issue and I'll call it, you know, productivity, you know, yeah. uh, go into the equation when trying to decide to hire. Um, I, I talked to a group that operates um, independent grocery stores and, you know, the minimum wage is like their hot button legislative issue right now, which right. kind of surprised me. Um, because I kind of asked the question, like, well, how many people do you have, you know, working for a minimum wage in, uh, you know, in a grocery store? And and it's not, you know, a huge percentage of the um, of the overall working population, but it's the it's the floor, you know, from which everything else is set. So exactly. if you if you take that minimum wage and you go from, you know, let's say eight, you know, dollars an hour to twelve dollars an hour. Um, yeah, that that group at the very bottom of the ladder, you know, is is going to inch upward. That, but the but the impact it has on the overall workforce there is that everybody else has to go up to. Right. And right. that and that becomes, exactly. you know, a a much larger impact. And they would tell you clearly, you know, they would make decisions on how many people they can hire for the dollars that they have allocable to wages because they just don't have the pricing power. You know, to push it through to their uh, to their customer base, right? So yeah, particularly in that they, business, yeah. yeah, they they would tell you, hey, we, you know, we we operate at a at a slim margin already. Uh, we are constantly battling our competitors, you know, for revenue, and uh, and we don't have you know the margin, you know, just to um, accept you know a wage increase for all of our people. So you know, something's got to go. Um, and then the other one was, um, you know, to your point with, with respect to technology, it's in a manufacturing distribution type of type of business, but within their finance function, they've got quite a few people who are uh, running reports, right? which you know is all you know very very interesting, but it's rather right. slow and may not yeah. be really capturing you know the information necessary to run the business. So they're making a significant investment. In a business analytics tool, and uh, and and one of the byproducts of that tool, you know, is going to be that um, that these um, individuals who are currently just running reports um, are are going to need to be doing some different types of things, uh, thinking perhaps more, analyzing more, um, as opposed to just producing a report, and. Right. They're going to find out, I think, pretty quickly that some of those workers are um, uh, unable or unwilling to spend the time and effort, you know, to do the analysis, 
Um, but we're pretty comfortable just writing a report. Well, now the tool is going to be able to, you know, gather the information and kind of write the report quicker than those individuals were going to be able to do it. So if you can't pick up the analytical side, you're going to be out of a job. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, they're they're making an investment here in, in technology, you know, that uh, is, is likely to reduce, you know, the need for headcount with that, within that department. Um, and, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to help the business make better, quicker decisions. And, um, yeah. That's going to be a positive for the company, but it's going to be bad news for some of the individuals who are un, unable or unwilling, you know, to make the transition to more of an analytical, you know, type of role as opposed to just a, um, producing a report. Yeah, you know, we're going to see an awful lot of that. I mean, I, you're already mm-hmm. seeing it. I mean, the I mean, it just you just think of it, and particularly you, you think in low margin industries, I mean, like grocery right. stores. I mean, grocery stores now half of their checkout lines are self serve, right? Um, that's, that's happening in, in the fast food industry, which also has very, very low margins. Um, you know, anything that can be automated is going to be automated. It's just, it's, I've seen it in, in some distribution businesses, um, where they've decided to kind of rationalize their sales force and allocate people to, you know, higher volume, higher profitability accounts. And for the smaller accounts, you know, they may not have an assigned representative. They may, you know, do their order input online. And rather than see somebody, you know, once a week, they may, you know, get, um, you know, somebody every two weeks or every month. So, you know, they're moving away, you know, from a um, a sales rep, you know, environment assigned mm-hmm. to each customer um, and segmenting the customer-based you know, based on, you know, what what they need and how much attention, you know, is required, you know, to serve them. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, you, you mentioned going back to the technological investment you, you just referred to. I noticed in the report that, um, you know, a whopping 77% yeah. um, of, of middle market company or private companies are, are planning to increase operational spending, and which right. is obviously up a pretty good chunk from, from last year. Um, what do you have any sense of what that's what that spending is on? I mean, what what what's the sort of general sense of where that money's going? Um, IT leads the way, you know, okay. in the, in that area, um, and and that is often, you know, defined by um, uh, you know computing, you know, software used to help run not run the business and or, you know, power interaction, you know, between the company and the and the customer base. So things like business analytics, um, things like customer facing applications um are 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 supplanting, you know, some uh, some people, you know, that uh, they were at the company. Uh but it's all designed, you know, to uh uh, to make better, quicker decisions, and also, you know, serve, you know, customers in a, um, in a you know, in a more profitable way. Um, but but it, it's also um, designed to interface with customers in a way that they feel comfortable. And as more and more of us, you know, become accustomed to, uh, you know, mobile applications and kind of a do-it-yourself, you know, environment, um, you know, businesses are adapting to that, and you know, providing, you know, that type of uh, Avenue into uh, to the company for um, you know order entry, customer service, um, you know types of interaction. So um, you know IT is kind of leading the way in in, uh, in that spending. Right. right. Yeah, and I guess I mean I, that that is probably somewhat related to 
the uh, concern about uh, tighter margins. So, I mean, obviously, with wages not really going up much, what what what's what's the sense on on what's on the pressure on margins uh, from the respondents? Um, you know, I, th- I think it's uh, it's general cost of uh, of doing business. Some of it, uh, you know, regulatory, you know, types of uh, types of pressures. Um, you know, some of it is uh, is cost based that is not, um, you know, in the form of wages. And you know, a, a common one uh, or example is healthcare. Uh, that sure. uh, the companies are seeing that healthcare, you know, spend uh, increase, you know, at a much higher rate than inflation. It's it's better than it w- it would have been. I, I think is, there the, you go. There is, you go. is the response, but I'm, I'm not sure anybody knows what it would have been. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So that I think that that's you know a number that uh, that kind of creeps its its way you know into the uh, into the margin line. Um, and you know I, I think that um, uh, even even going to some of the the restaurants, it, it seems like my salad's a little bit more expensive. <laughs> And a lot of the input costs are, are just like you know increasing, you know a, a sure. bit. Um, uh, so and that's just not necessarily captured, you know, within you know some of the questions that that we're asking. But yeah. um, you know, it's it's not oil and it's not wages. That's for sure. Right now, yeah. it's, it's just sure. it's other uh, other types of inputs. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to hold to my uh, I'm going to hold to my rule here, uh, the half hour okay. rule. Um, yeah. So I mean, overall, you know, given all the the various factors. I mean, how would you how would you sum up this quarter's report? Yeah, you know, I, I would sum it up as uh, you know a, a bit of a mixed bag, um, but uh, but happy to see that we've uh, are continuing to expect growth. You know, over the over the next twelve months, um, and that uh, you know while uh, while things could be you know better uh, with respect to uh, to hiring, you know, companies seem to have stabilized you know a little bit. Um, and that over the next 12 months, I would expect, you know, you know, moderate, um, moderate growth. Um, and we'll just uh, keep our fingers crossed through the election. Please check back for future episodes of the President and CEO Focus on the Middle Market podcast series. Thanks for listening.